The first cup of coffee just hit. Let's go. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of Storytellers and Wild Creatives with me, Sage Adderley. So happy you're joining me in this moment. I got my coffee. You got your coffee? If you don't drink coffee, that's okay. No judgment. Um, what do you have? Curious minds want to know. What are you drinking right now? Pull up a chair. Or maybe you're driving or folding laundry. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing in this moment, I love you. So today, I have a topic. Y'all, I always have a topic. <laughs> Let's get that clear. I always have a topic. Because, you know, I'm a creative woman with lots of thoughts. And I work with other creative women with lots of thoughts. And things come up and conversations happen. And I'm like, I want to talk about this on the podcast. Because I'm wondering if this will resonate with anyone else. So you let me know if it does. Today, I want to talk about getting it right. This comes up a lot, getting it right, doing it right. And I got some feels around it. I got some feels around it because first, let me say, I'm specifically talking about getting it right and doing it right with our creative work. I'm not talking about like a heart surgeon, (laughs) someone who has, you know, a task at hand that we would most love for them to get it right. Yes, please. I'm talking about me and you and our book, me and you and our canvas, me and you and writing a song, like whatever creativity looks like in your life. Do you ever get the feeling that it needs to be right and gets to be right? And if so, let's, let's, let's talk about it. I feel that way too. And I, I also link it to like perfectionist tendencies. Now, if you're on my, my mailing list, I send out weekly emails and my last email was specifically around perfectionism and and the shadow pieces around perfectionism. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that. Um, if you're not on my mailing list, I'll drop the link in the show notes, please join. If you feel called to, um, I send out weekly emails. Um, that are pretty similar to this podcast. And they also have ways to connect with me, work with me. I always share like free opportunities that I'm involved in. So yeah, that's my little bit about if you want to join the newsletter, I'll drop the link. But back to perfectionism. So I think perfectionism and this getting it right, doing it right piece go hand in hand. And what I do know is that we will exhaust ourselves trying to get it right. I think when we're in that mentality of, okay, I'm writing a story and I got to get the characters right and it's got to make sense and I've got to hit all the subplot points and the plot points and the beats and, you know, it's, it's a different energy than that being in our heart, visionary, intuitive writing space. And I think when we're first working on projects, it's so crucial to stay out of that getting it right and doing it right. And I think there is a time and place in our journey of whatever we're creating. I'm going to use the book, for example. There is another draft in the future when you're writing your third or fourth draft where you get to really tighten things up and 
smooth things out and fill the the holes and the gaps and bridge pieces together. But when you're starting off on a project and you bring in that mentality of needing to get it right, it really is, it's so disruptive and it disconnects you from the reason why you're showing up to do the thing, this thing that's supposed to be heart-centered and feel good, and it now becomes this grueling task of getting it right. And what I see with folks, and I'm including myself, what I see is that when we're in this space of trying to get it right, it can lead to burnout. It can lead to completely walking away from the project. It most definitely can lead us to convincing ourselves that we're just not good enough. We don't have what it takes to do this thing. And that sucks. That is not a good feeling. And I've asked my creative friends and clients, like when you use the language, I just want to get it right. Is this right? What do you actually mean? And sometimes the first reaction is like this perplexed look like, actually, I don't know what that means, but then we laugh, right? We laugh because we've set the bar so high, this getting it right bar, and we kind of don't know what it means. It's just something that we've heard. And I think it's also something we've been conditioned in. I think um, it it can stem from multiple places. I think it's how we're raised. I think it's uh, the academic world. I think it's certain jobs or people that we're around. And we kind of take on that mindset. We take on other people's shit, other people's expectations, and we lose sight of our own, of what really feels good to us. So I'm always like, getting it right. Did somebody write a book on getting it right? Is, are we talking about like life, creativity? <laughs> What's this getting it right we keep going back to? We're, we're almost using it like a measurement tool. Well, this is good enough if I got it right. And so I'm inviting you to be curious. Do you ever feel like you need to get it right? You need to do it right. Or you're an epic failure. You know, does this come up for you? Because I feel like when we get hyper-focused on this mentality of getting it right, we miss so much of the journey of being a creative human. Because we are now looking through someone else's lens of what our project or we should look like, how we should be approaching our project, approaching our writing, approaching our painting, approaching whatever we're creating, And then we lose sight of our own vision. So now we've shifted into being these wild creatives of independent thinking into people pleasing and getting it right. And I'll tell you, I didn't start my own business to get it right by someone else's terms. I didn't write a book to get it right by someone else's terms. I don't paint to get it right, but I do find myself shifting into that mindset from time to time. And I'm grateful that I've got the awareness that it's happening so that I could then pause and shift out of it. And so it's more of a responding versus reacting moment for me. So I'm asking you to get curious about how getting it right shows up in your life. Where do you think it comes from? And does it support you in your work? 
Like, does it truly support you? Do you feel, does it support you in feeling super pumped up about your work, that you get energized, that you stay in movement? Um, is it supporting you? That's what I want to know. And if it's not, then why do we keep choosing it? Because I really believe the first person we get to please is ourselves. Like when I write a book, I want to be the first person that smiles about it. I want to be the first person that holds my book in my hand and feels proud. Like, oh, I did the thing. I did the thing. Look what I got in my hands. I did this. I did this. I don't want to hold it in my hands. And my first thought is, well, what is everybody else going to think? I mean, talk about just a creative bomb of like ruining the vibe. And yes, we want people to like us and our work. And oh my gosh, imagine when people buy it. That's an even, you know, like no, it's a whole different level of like feeling the awesomeness of somebody seeing you and witnessing you and supporting you. And the truth is, is that we're not for everyone. I know we're, it can be a hard pill to swallow. We are not for everyone. And when we are in this visionary, intuitive, heart-centered place of being in movement with our work, when we start inviting in the thoughts of, well, what is so-and-so going to think? Is somebody going to judge me if I write this, if I put this on my painting? We start then doing and creating for someone else and not ourselves. And that doesn't feel good to me. What does that feel like for you if that's happened? And, you know, here's the thing. We are going to produce things that people love and we are going to produce things that people just don't like. There are people who like my books and people who don't. People who like my painting, people who don't. People who like my podcast, people who don't. But there will be people who will. There are people who do. There are people who tell me great, wonderful things about what I'm creating. And yes, that lights me up. But at the end of the day, I get to be happy with what I'm doing. So I've got this beautiful Oracle deck. It's called the Starseed Oracle. It's gorgeous. And the message always seemed to land so beautifully for me. And I pull a daily card. And, and one day I pulled the card and the, the name of the card is you're not for everyone. <laughs> and I was like, what was this card specifically made for me? <laughs> it wasn't, it was made for all of us, <laughs> but I would really love to read you the text from the guidebook that, that contains the meanings for each of the cards. It's, it just, yeah, it, I'm just going to read it. Actually, I'm going to stop talking <laughs> and I'm going to read it to you because it rocks. And I, and I hope that you gain a nugget from it as well. So the world is filled with people who no matter what you do, just won't like you, but it's also filled with those who will love you fiercely. They are your people. You are not for everyone and that's okay. Talk to the people who can hear you. Oh, I love that part. Don't waste your precious time and gifts trying to convince others of your value. They won't ever want what you're selling. 
Don't try to convince them to walk alongside you. You'll be wasting both your time and theirs and will likely inflict unnecessary wounds that will take precious time to heal. You're not for them and they're not for you. Politely wave them on and continue on your own way. Sharing your path with someone is a sacred gift. Don't cheapen it by rolling yours in the wrong direction. Keep facing your true north. Pulling this card means you're being called to embrace your uniqueness, to own your weirdness, to let the world see you who you really are, to reveal your multifaceted, multidimensional nature, not to dim your light according to who is in your presence, to own all parts of yourself so that your people, the ones who are the same kind of weird as you, can recognize you when your paths cross. Woo! <laughs> I love it. Because if you know me and you've worked with me for the past few years, you know that one of the things I say often is when we show up authentically, just unapologetically authentic and just messy in ourselves, we will find our people. We will, when we shine our weirdo light, we will find our other weirdos. Like that's how it works. So when I read this card, I was like, yes, yes, yes. So at the end of each uh, card meeting, there's a star seed soul inquiry. So my dear listener, I'm going to leave you with this inquiry and invite you to lean into it. How can you embrace your weirdness and not care so much about uh, what other people think? Mm, yes, because I really believe that this topic I've been speaking into in this episode of getting it right and doing right, when we start peeling back the layers, there's a piece of people pleasing and acceptance. And so just tenderly lean into it. Yeah, let's do it together. All right, until next time.